0: we Hello and welcome to Open All Ours, a QPR podcast and Brexit free zone. Most definitely on something happening in Parliament tonight, vote, not a vote. That is the last you will hear of Brexit on this podcast, given that we have Paul Finney with us. Welcome, Paul Finney. Welcome, David Fraser. Thank you. Well, I haven't done it for a few weeks, neither, the podcast either, neither really? has my friend and colleague Chris Charles of BT Sport. Hi. We haven't done it for several weeks.
1: We haven't. Me and you haven't done it for several weeks. Uh, we, mu- we must rectify that. Because
0: you've been in some unpronounceable Russian
1: town with Anthony Yard. Chelyabinsk, yes. Um... It was yeah, it was a it was a good fight, and Yard nearly nearly had him in the eighth, um, but sadly came up short. But Russia, if you haven't been to Russia, the Russian people are great, and a good week apart from the result. And main difference between Chelyabinsk and West London. <laughs> Um well apart from no one speaking English, mind you, that could be said it could be true of <laughs> West London as well, I suppose. <laughs> Some people I know.
0: You had a good time. No, I mean oh god. You I meant know. you meant gibberish. Yeah, you yeah, meant so gibberish. I did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I knew what you meant. You meant <laughs> gibberish and not anything else yeah, because exactly. we've already established <laughs> uh, it's very much uh, a football based <laughs> podcast. We have a very special guest tonight. We um we're really, really pleased to welcome ex QPR player, ex midfielder, distinguished footballer, international footballer no less, Marcus Bean. Thanks for having me, guys. Welcome, welcome. So, Marcus, we've got loads of things we want to ask you. We do have to do kind of all the housekeeping first, the result on Saturday, where we are at the first international break, and all the rest of it. Don't know how much you've seen of us this year, but feel free to join. in. You're, you're now retired, but you're working at Brentford, is that right?
2: Yeah, amongst other things. So I um, um, joined the recruitment team with Brentford about um, a couple of months ago, so yeah. I know it's a uh, QPR's rivals. Uh, I am I'm going to take no, some sticks out of this podcast.
3: They're not rivals, they're just in Middlesex. They want to think of themselves as rivals, but to be honest with you, Marcus, they're just a postcode in Eiselworth. <laughs> <laughs> it's all
0: good, it's all good. Uh, and of course, which I'm going to ask you a bit later, you played with Iberiaze for. A year that right? That's
2: right uh, About about yeah, about six months I think he joined us At the start of the season And he left in January Got recalled back to QPR yes. So this was
0: the year Before last When you were at Wickham That's right, right. That's right. We'll come on to that yeah. First things first though Did you know this is Our 303rd show Good lord Yeah We completely missed The 300th show Okay. But, but right Because I was probably hosted uh, I don't think you were actually But we just missed it So mm. congratulations could I blame you then You can blame me um, we missed
3: you hosting, by the way, because I can't pronounce words. Well,
0: I missed hosting, but, you know, holidays and all that.
3: Didn't have do? one this year. Top tip, not to have holiday blues. Don't have a holiday. <laughs> then you just have the blues, but they're not holiday blues. Works yeah. a
0: treat. Yes. Um, beers are from Chris Wilson. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Bigman. man. Sheffield Wednesday. Mm. 2-1 win. Mm. Jordan on the
3: double. Yeah. Both of you were there. Thoughts. We, we we went together. We did. Yes.
1: It only took us six hours to get there. Oh, what behave you yourself! It wasn't that <laughs> long. Drive. We left. At, I think we left at nine. We got there at twenty-five past two. Hang on, I drove half the way,
3: but the north Star... anyway, It doesn't matter. People don't want to hear about our trap. I was actually did a hundred miles north one stage. Don't so, care. Uh, Tell
0: us about the game.
3: Brilliant. Really good. First half, a wee bit nondescript. They, they, they got a dodgy penalty. They scored from it, um, but there was really not much in it. I thought between the two teams, second half was just like last last week at the home game, which mm. I, which I seen, didn't see but seen afterwards in the highlights. Just the way we rotate the ball now and retain it, and Paul was amazing at what he was doing, breaking up play. And without Paul, I don't think Ezzy could have done what he was was doing. I don't know what you felt, Chris, but you know definitely with um, Naki Wells and Hoggle playing together, they're, they're able to. To, to link really well, I mean that pass was sublime. Incredible, from incredible, yeah. I mean,
1: Fantastic there was pass. a few eyebrows raised when when Ball was named in the starting line because mm. um, he had a really good pre-season and then I think after that tailed off a little bit. But yeah, he was he was a man. I mean, you, you, it's very difficult to you, to single out a man of the match. Obviously, you've got to go Huel because the, the the two goals, and that mm. first one, that first touch just to bring it down and then round the keeper was sublime, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, I was never worried. I haven't said this for a long time. Even at half time, I thought we'd come back and um, and win it because we had a decent first half, but we had a brilliant second half, and they mm. just couldn't get near us.
0: This was the, the same in the um, the Huddersfield game. We were like just so much, and oh, so much
1: improved.
0: Um, I meant Wigan actually. The Wigan game, we were so much improved in the second half.
1: You're welcome to the first half. Well, that's you know the sign of a decent manager. I'll come on to him later, but you know it's not just go and carry on what you're doing, lads. He's obviously, he's drilling into them and they all look comfortable on the ball. They, and, and Hugh said they just needed to up the tempo, speed up, you know, get the passing going, game going a bit more, which they did. Um, and the fans as well were brilliant. I never thought I'd be singing along to Wigfield's Saturday night, but that's the new chant for us, eh?
3: You'll sing along to anything when you've had a few, Chris. <laughs> I can advise. But, I'll tell you but, what- but, but we got there
1: so late, I actually only had
3: half a pint. Oh, behave yourself. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> um, Alan drove the other way. Anyway, but you know what impressed me as well? I'll be honest with you. It's good to see Tony back in the heart of defence. He made a massive difference, I felt. And people keep... I keep praising Manning to, to, to other people saying, oh, well, he, he, you know, he's not that good. I think, who are they watching? But that's mm. opinions. I think Manning's been a wee gem this season that we've found. There's always been there. Like, somebody in record collection you haven't played for six years. He has,
0: but you can't say it because you praise every single Irish player... Player with a connection <laughs> with Ireland. Anyone who's ever eaten a pack of potatoes crisps, But when actually how would you do about <laughs> Because I'm a citizen of the world. And Excellent. No, it's not to do it. it. No, you, no, no, no. But so when actually a good
3: one does come along, it's like the boy who cried wolf. No one wants to believe you. No, well maybe, but um, no, I'm not that narrow minded. Loving He's been you. Been very good. Though I might be.
0: I'm probably yeah, didn't like Steve Morrow. It. I,
3: I know he didn't Morrow. But answer this for me. I don't. It was promise.
0: crap. You saw the goal. The first Hugill goal yeah I know when he scored the goal he was then onside but I don't really understand the offside or how he wasn't offside in the build up have you it. seen this Marcus no I've not
3: seen it yet no ok it's, what, it, what he did was the ball was coming in he took himself out of play and then put himself back in play he as did a ball but, the but, area, but that so was I'm obviously sure. a distraction
1: okay. it was a, a dis- I would I have I would been, been raging
3: if it had in been. the olden days that would I have been s- offside he was offside all day long
1: the law though. He put though as soon as he moved back he put his hands up to the linesman just to show that he wasn't active but then Stuto's called It's, it is one of them. If, if you score it, you say, oh, that's perfectly fine. If it's against you, like Sheffield Wednesday were yeah. there. I mean, they were raging about Hugh and Tony Leisner afterwards on the message boards. They basically didn't... Even though they spent the whole first half kicking all our players, They, they, they rigged Cher
3: really badly. There was a there was a, situ- there was a off, the, off the ball, Wednesday were really bad. Mm. There was a situation where Cher was just standing there and one of their players just rigged him down the back of the leg. Mm. And he went mental. And I think that's cardly. I think if you go and do things out like there, you're not really a footballer, you're just a... It's oh, fuck basically fuck. Yeah. and they were doing and it went on the um, like you went on Shuffle Wednesday Twitter thing, it's like QPR 30 cheating so and so so I'm like I was at the wrong game Yeah. because the way I saw it is they were trying to wind us up big time like in 2004 um, and it just it's, it's so nice to beat them in those situations I did. I think they were being very thuggish actually I thought but you know then we've got to dish it as well sometimes when you oh, that's, that, and that's what I liked on Saturday like they, they couldn't bully it. They, they were trying their best, but they couldn't do it. Even when Manning was getting, maybe if we see the Irish accent got stronger, he was getting kicked as well. And they were taking it. Whereas last season, that game we would have lost
2: 100%. Have you seen us at all this year, Marcus? I haven't, but I've been speaking to a few QPR fans. I speak actually speaking to Richard Langley um, today about it, and he, he sounded very positive about what's going on down there, said that. He's enjoying going back to Loftus Road and actually watching them again. Um, whereas before, he was very critical of um, what was going on down there. So it seems like Warbs, who I know from my time at Brentford, so is, I was going to ask you that. So you, I don't
0: think you, you played under him, yeah, or you so, did. So
2: he came in and he was supporting Nicky Forster. Um, but between me and you, he was a literally. He was basically picking the team and a bit more the, the brains between me and you bit. and everyone listening and everyone listening there, he <laughs> yeah kind of, he was kind of I'd say um in in charge even though Fort Nicky Forster was um the manager and um, and I was really impressed with him I was young so I had a lot of reservations about some of the stuff he's done but as I've got older and and I and I understand the game more um he was a, a really good coach I've got to give it to him
1: what were the reservations? Anything in particular? Uh,
2: if you remember, who was it? I think it was, was it um, sorry when he first came? I can't remember when he came in at Chelsea and he tried to change things too quickly mm. and get rid of all the old guard and bring in, um, bring in young players. And he'd done it like in huge That like, I was out of the team. Kevin O'Connor, who's a Brentford legend, was out of the team for you know immediately. Um, and he brought in a lot of young players. Um, and I think he tried to set his mark, set his mark on the team, but he just done it a little bit too quickly, for, in my for my liking. Um, and then also he didn't really. Me and Kevin O'Connor played every single game in the Johnson Paint trophy um, leading up to the final. And then on, for the final game, he dropped us and put in a couple of young boys, and I just thought that left a sour taste in my mouth. So it's more about um, his man management rather than his tactics, because I thought his train methods and his tactically, I thought he was. Excellent. Was there an
0: element at that time, he probably doesn't have to deal with this now, but at that time he was someone who'd come from a non-football that background is, yeah. and he hadn't proven himself. He hadn't earned, earned his spurs,
2: is that what they say? So was there an element of like, who's this guy playing football coach? Yeah, I think there was an element of that as well. Um, I think he, he he had a kind of corporate feel about him at the time um, and didn't really resonate with some of the players. But listen, as I said before, tactically coaching-wise, improving players. That's what he was all about. And I, and I and I had a lot of respect for him on that. It's just more the management side, which now, as you he said, he's got to respect. He, he commands it, and, and mm. people are probably now really buying into what he does. Good choice for QPR, do you think? I said at the time, I thought it was a good choice. I think that QPR, have, from the outside looking in, have, have lacked a little a bit of direction on the pitch, um, a way of actually playing. It's just been chopped and changed between Holloway and very different to the way Hasselbank played football. And now you've got somebody that I think is going to set a philosophy. And you should, if I was a QPR and at the top brass, I'd be looking to stick to it. And, and now any manager I bring in, just try and bring in someone in same similar place. Can, can I just
3: way. ask Marcus a quick question? It's interesting you say that about people that come in outside football. Because I've been having a few debates with people inside the game and outside the game that I know about who comes in from outside football and they, they, I often think people in football think that fans don't know anything about the game in some mm. ways and it's like you've got to be like a Graham. I look at as Sooners as and I think he's one of the worst TV pundits ever to, to be on TV to oh, be fair. Paul Masson yeah well he had his issues <laughs> um, and you kind of look at it and think and sometimes it's nice to hear from people who have fresh eyes who aren't involved in the game yeah
2: and, and- And as older I've got, I don't believe you have to have played a thousand league games to be an expert in in anything, you know, as long as you you do your studies and do your due diligence and and really immerse yourself in the game, I think you can be an expert in anything. So that's something that, again, because I was young, I didn't really buy into what he was doing because he came from outs- outside a little bit that was a little bit there's other little factors but that was a little bit of it but the older I've gotten and, and, and you're right in the game I have arguments with players all the time oh he doesn't know he's, he's never played for the game and all this I said but listen he's studied it you know like mm. that's what that's what life's about you know being it's immersing yourself in stuff and studying it So, so what wait, you
3: said is hope for me and Chris yet to get the QPR <laughs> <keep your> job <laughs>
2: Listen why not listen do your do your, do your hard graft and put your, put the hours in you can do it I, don't I know could give you a Stephen. few reasons why <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, I mean, it's interesting you say about like you know making those large swathes of changes because he, when he came into QPR, I think there was thirteen or fourteen out straight away, pretty much the similar number back in again, and everyone's questioning it and saying, you know, this is never going to work. Um, but clearly, um, everyone is on side now because I, I, I think more than anything, he. he I mean, he, he, he sounds like he can be stubborn, but at the same time. It, unlike Steve McLaren if he makes a mistake then he'll rectify it and he, and he makes some decent substitutions if things aren't working he won't wait till the 65th minute he'll change at yeah. half time if yeah. he needs to and he was always said he hadn't got a plan b well on Saturday we were playing three-five-two, you know which was which was not the way no. he normally plays
2: yeah um I think listen I'm making huge swathes of changes I think that's the right time to do it in the, at the start of the season you know um I think doing it mid seasons is difficult and, and and he's had his opportunity to bed his players in and he works tirelessly on passing patterns and patterns of play and how to get played out from the back and and, he, and he's very um, meticulous about how he wants things done. So him having a good three seasons definitely would have helped QPR. Um, I wonder if I can ask you this now, actually. don't see why you wouldn't
0: be able to answer it. You played under Gareth Ainsworth for several years mm. towards the end of your career because you retired in the summer. Uh, I always had the impression there was always kind of a feeling amongst a lot of fans I I said including myself that he should perhaps be given his chance to play uh, to manage QPR Um, but I always got the impression from afar and I've got no insight on this that he kind of always wanted it
2: as well yeah uh, (laughs) obviously I've known Gaz for years played under him top man and yeah, I think QPR's in his heart, and if not speaking out, of turning, I think if if they came in for him and and the situation was right, then he'd do it. You know, it's um, yeah, not not a big huge secret. I think that that that's the job, one of the jobs that you find very hard to turn down. Rate right, him as a manager. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, he's his strengths definitely lie in his uh, man management, and people run through big walls for him. He, he's a, a great guy. He knows when to put an arm around you. Um, he knows how to um, deal with a lot of off-field stuff as well which he has had to do at um, Wickham um, with certain players and he handles it uh, very well so his strength's definitely come in getting squeezing every inch out of uh, last inch out of players one day maybe right talk to us about Eze uh, he's the best kid player I've seen for his age um, by a, a mile um, it's safe to say that um, not only is he an exceptionally talented footballer um, with the ability to go players, pass players at ease, can pick a pass, um, adding goals to his game. And if, if he adds you know, five, ten, ten more going to go into double figures this season, then it's probably going it to be impossible for the club to keep him. Um, but not only that, he's just such a humble, lovely kid. And I was a bit disappointed with the QPR fans last season when I had a lot of stuff on, on Twitter which was a bit unsavoury hammering him and it didn't make sense to me because you've got to remember he's so young and mm. players go through um, definitely when you're young you know that inconsistency is a big thing and I had no doubts that he'd come back strong again this season and not for a second did I doubt that he'd be a major influence on that team
3: why, why do you think because that's interesting you say that. Because I I hit the lazy tag. I don't get it. It's um, not lazy. Yeah. Exactly. And and but it was aimed at him. I think mm. the trouble with Twitter and social media. And I'm terrible for this myself sometimes. You, you fall into a trap. Where you read something. So you think, oh, must, someone said it must be true. I've never seen any shit of evidence to say that a talented player has to be able to tackle back as long as they do their bit. And he's a kid. You learn your game. You know. It's like you don't start a trade and sort of be, be the best craft person. You you earn it. And in this season, he's been really tracking back and i thought it was unfair i mean how would you think that would affect a young youngster when people say these things on twitter
2: i think it would have definitely affected him um i remember sending him a couple of messages of encouragement of encouragement on um twitter and uh on instagram just to say you know listen just ignore it you know as you said before i don't think he's lazy i played with him he, he'll try um is he going to rat around like a madman? No, there's players like me to do that for him. <laughs> <laughs> he's the one there that you want to win games. Obviously, there's probably a level of work rate. You need a minimum requirement. And I think he, he more than does that. And listen, if he gets... He's, well, he is. You know, I haven't been down, so I haven't seen him. But I'm, from what I'm hearing, he's dominating games on the ball. Then who Who cares? What he, well to a certain extent what he does off it.
1: Well, yeah, I mean he was a. You could see last season he was a massive talent. You could see in Wickham he scored a couple of cracking goals there for you guys when you were there. Um, I think a lot of it is to do. You know the way it's effortless. The way he runs is the languid running style. I mean that can be maybe maybe confused with being lazy. And okay, maybe. Maybe he didn't track back as much as he has done this season. He but chose- like you say, that's not not really his job. And, and to be honest, this season, he's been doing it more than it was. I think the change of management has helped as well. I think he was just shunted out to the wing and and, and he wasn't able to express himself.
2: The style of football didn't, when I was down there, didn't suit him at all. Um, you know, direct football, playing. He, he was asked to try and get off flicks and, and, and pick up second balls off um, the strikers he's a player that needs the ball into feet. So I knew when Warbs come in, he he would benefit massively um, from that. As as have a few players like Chair, who, I, again, I've watched a bit in the 23s and always liked. Yeah, you put them in a certain system, then they're going to flourish. So,
3: yeah. I'm just wondering, as I'm talking to you, when you made your debut at QPR, things were kind of, the club was in recovery, some would say, from the administration. and there was It was dark days. So we know we couldn't afford players. And, we were it was a horrible time but if social media had been around you probably would have got slaughtered to be fair because it takes time to learn not you personally but i mean 100%. as a youngster yeah. do you know what i mean it's, it's it is quite it's a bit I, savage sometimes listen in my
2: very young days and I, I learned quickly not to do this but i used to look at the uh, message boards and yeah you get slaughtered. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah only briefly and then as i said i learned quickly not to do that um <laughs> So, Sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> was it you? Was it? No, no, no. was <laughs> joking. What do you uh,
0: remember reading that you oh, just, that you didn't like or that is, hurt the thing you? Is,
2: some of it is just just basic. You know, listen, he shouldn't be playing. He should be playing. But those, even those little things, they they t- they take a little chip out of you. Do you know what I mean? Like, so obviously, there's a lot more worse than that. Um, he's crap and blah blah blah. He should be playing. But what I've noticed, what I've learned, is that. Yeah, you've got to take the rough and the smooth. There'll be some good stuff, but I just prefer not to look at anything to be in yeah. here.
1: These people, though, they're, they're, they're you know the term keyboard warriors is there for a reason. Mm. Um, and just a little boxing example here. Uh, when, um, was it Belfast, Carl Frampton was fighting and Fury was fighting on the same build and Deontay Wilder came along. Mm. We were interviewing De Wilder, and he had all these blokes sort of behind this glass screen shouting at him, saying "You're this, you're that, you're rubbish." I'll chin you right now, blah blah blah. He then walked round to those supporters, and all of a sudden they got the phones up for a selfie, asking for the autograph, saying they loved him, and then as soon as he'd gone, they all started doing it again. But yeah. I mean, that's that's, that's, that's classic playground up. stuff. Yeah, it, really? it's been it's for,
3: that's been loved in Belfast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, so 15 years ago, as a young footballer, you would search yourself out. So you would seek yourself out on mentions of you on message boards yeah. you retired four months ago by the time you retired were you looking up yourself on Twitter or you nah, left that behind no
2: no no as I said before I learned very early not to, uh, to leave that behind I felt that it had an impact on me um, in the game so, so why would I do, do players it? talk about that if
0: players see criticism of themselves do they talk about it with each other no I
2: don't they, we don't no we don't. I, I don't anyway. I'm, I can't remember if we call cool having any of those sort of conversations with people. I, I just think, yeah, I, listen, fans are there. They can voice their opinions. But to be honest, I don't want to really hear about it when, it when it comes to me because it, it affected me. So I just...
3: Mm. Do you know what you should do? You should get... Um, I don't mind. you mind me saying this. You should have bothered Mark Bertram's eyes because Mark would go on a message board or something and see something negative and think, yeah, you're right. I should be playing for my... You know, the, <laughs> and that's possibly the attitude to have because yeah. I don't think anything that guy. But I just worry because, like, as you, had, I heard it on Saturday about Lumley he was trying to come for crosses. He's still a youngster. and He's still learning this game. He's going, oh, he's going to drop that. He's he's no good at this. He's no good. At, you don't. You play the championship for a reason. If you're the full month, or you're in the Premiership. Let's be honest. Correct. And yeah. you, you're learning your trade. Why are people not giving people a chance these days? Oh,
2: man, it's just I think. Yeah, people want that instant gratification straight away. It's just the world we live in at the moment. You know, people want things straight to be perfect straight away and then people haven't got no patience anymore. So I think that's what it is. And, and ultimately, if you have too much negativity in your life, it's going to affect your mental health. It's, it's simple. So if you sat there reading negative stuff about yourself day in, day out, there's no way you're going to be a positive person and it's going to have an effect on your health for well,
1: sure. It's, it's, it's always been there. I mean, Mick Leach got it in the 70s from the terraces. Simon Barker got it in the 90s. Other QPR players, but social media has just magnified it by a hundred, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and I think ninety percent of the people who put it on there, like I said that example before, they meet you in person, and you, you're the best thing since. There's, the, there's a great
3: story from. I think it was Curtis Woodhouse who became a boxer for well a yeah, while, yeah. and he went round a fella's house.
1: Yeah, that's right, yeah.
3: And um, just basically said, "All right, I'm here. Here's your post. Yeah. You know, come on." Then and the guy's like. Mom! Yeah, that's <laughs> <dude. Yeah>, yeah, <laughs> you know right. I mean, like, I do wonder if you, you know, I've heard some pretty bad things but I've said some pretty bad things about I'm no injured myself. But I think sometimes with the youngsters, we, we, we need to bear in mind that when you first started a job at any one of us in life, we started off crap and we got better. And uh, where QPR are now, we need to engage the youth and bring them on and help them because that's what yeah. we were so good at in the 70s and 80s and 90s. 100%. Um,
0: Marcus without getting all, all melodramatic about it t- I want to take you to take us back to the beginning because you're one of a few QPR Players that came through the youth system and actually made the first team, um, and made a significant amount of appearances for us. So I, I suppose for any of our younger fans, this was you, you played um, f- four or five seasons, maybe in in the early noughties, kind of two thousand two for, for three four years. But you were with us as I don't know if it was even called an apprentice then, but a kind yeah, of was an apprentice, apprentice yeah, and yeah. a schoolboy. Take us through your story because you grew up in West London, right?
2: Grew up in West London, yeah. So um most people in my area were QPR fans. So I started at ten so got scouted at ten ten years old, um playing actually Belmont, um in a Belmont tournament. Um don't know if you guys know it. Um, got scouted um uh, QPR in the youth team until I was fifteen when you get the decision are you gonna be um it was a scholarship back in then. So like, who was in your youth team? My youth team was ryan fitzgerald i don't know if you guys remember wesley daly mm. richard paquette was a year older ben walsh uh, justin cochran there's there's mm. lot so many names i could keep going on um but that was a time when we had lots of money um and we were paying not me personally i was i missed out on that money unfortunately but the year ones above me were getting paid more than like arsenal players and really? chelsea and yeah, yeah there's so much money getting pumped into the um into the youth team. This was the post-Premier League, wasn't
0: it? Tay McFlynn. This was the post-Premier League. This was Leon Jean. Leon
2: John. All those guys were getting big money. Um, no, big money being what sort of level in those days, 20 years ago? <sighs> well I say big money, I'm saying I, I, I can't put a figure on it, but they were definitely getting played more than Arsenal players and the likes, which is crazy, right? At the time, a lot of them that big money meant that they had chips on their shoulders they're my friends now and they'll admit it themselves I think a lot of them didn't make it because they got a lot too too much too early Um, but anyway I was a year a couple of years below those sort of guys and got a call in by I think it was um, Chris Gila and he said listen Marcus you know you're not going to get your scholarship contract and I was like obviously I was gutted Um, basically they said to me listen if you want to hang around you can hang around for a little bit longer and you know until the season's finished and then we'll take it from there so i said okay so you got rejected got rejected got rejected okay and then, yeah and then um hanged around four or five weeks later played my heart so out. so you
0: were how old at this point 15 and so what
2: you were thinking i was thinking go to college um, whatever i was thinking try and nick a trial somewhere else or that would have been it you know one of the two Hanged around and managed to to change their minds and get um, a a contract. So that's pretty much my story. It started off with a rejection, really.
1: Okay. When you joined, I think you... you, It would have been 95, would it? Mm. So at that time, we were going through a bit of a purple patch. We finished, I think, 5th, ninth, and then Um, 8th that season.
2: It was great days. I remember, you know, we used to get free tickets to games. We used to go and watch, and there were some, you know, legends there, real, real superstars, and it was a good time to go watch QPR, right? So yeah that 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 was yeah
0: that was a good so good when appearance. you signed as a pro ray wilkins was the manager or jerry francis
2: jerry was the manager at okay. the time when i no 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 so sorry, sorry when i was signed my no when i signed my first pro contract ian holloway was a manager but when i was like coming up through the um 16 17 was still jerry and then holloway kind of um came in um towards the end of it
3: just going back a bit Marcus you're about to say that you, you were asked to hang around for a few weeks what, what, what actually happened
2: I was just played out my skin I think <laughs> I just yeah I think that is literally it I I, I was I just remember that period has been really good um and the kind of left them no choice but to offer me something which was um which was good and listen to be honest I wouldn't have stayed but my mum and dad said my mum and dad said to me listen you just stay like what else are you gonna do like it's a bit embarrassing you go back in and everyone's running and walking around with their contracts in their hand and talking about what they're going to be doing next year and why I wasn't one of those played people, so it was it was hot tougher to start, but listen I think that one little incident has definitely shaped molded me as a person, like moving forward
1: mm. and then you got your debut against one of your future clubs, Wickham, which was quite eventful <laughs> yeah that was
2: that was crazy, so come off the bench five minutes, I think it was if that. Um, Andy Rammel who's a big striker for a working bully um, I think a, a little bit late on him nothing Matt Band and he's turned around and started throwing me and we're wrestling and we both went that what, fell over kind of thing and the referees come over and sent us both off and I just remember going into the dressing room and just thinking my career's over before it's even started you know like get sent off for your debut mm. it is it's the How worst was that lucky? Pardon me, was that that game, was you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Styles, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think it was Rob Styles. What, what,
3: what, what, what did he have against us? Because that oh. man was an absolute <laughs> flipping oh, hateful, hateful soul. <laughs> and I hated him. But he always, always, always sent some of our players off. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. to me, you didn't do anything wrong that day. No, you, I didn't I, do anything
2: wrong. I can understand how it could have looked, but I didn't do anything wrong. Why am I not going to be fighting a 64-hundred 100. 20 kilo guy you know what I mean? but it was a bad pitch as yeah, well there was yeah. a lot of things going on and yeah. I didn't think what yeah, you did games, yeah. and
3: he is an old pro he was just kids come on yeah, I'm going to exactly, do him
2: he's a bully so went in the change room and I, was, I just remembered thinking please 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 let um, Holloway at the time you know uh, give me another chance and he's come in and he's gone don't worry about it you know it happens and, and that was like a huge relief to me.
1: Oh, yeah, it's a big weight off the shoulder. What what was Holloway like to play under? Because we know we had him live on the podcast last year. We know he's quite excitable. We know he's done well as a football manager. Um, we know he plays the clown sometimes, but he can also be dead. What was he like to play under?
2: Um, He's a, he's an emotional guy, I think. I think that's the yeah. like, overriding uh, thing on, on Holloway. He, he, he wears his heart on his sleeve. Um can be a little bit too intense sometimes. Uh, if you want a little moment quiet and you know in in reflection, you're not gonna get it with him about um but he he's passionate and he, he loves the game and that was my override and he loves his family. That's one thing I remember him telling stories about his family every day. It was just how much love he's got for his family and, and and he loved his players as well, to be honest to him. That's one thing I'd say about him. He 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 did care about us as people and he he helped. My, my overriding thing with him is that he helped um, uh, Clarky um, quite a lot with what he went through and mm. and um, putting an arm around his shoulder and, and as well as others. You were part of the squad in two very eventful
0: years: uh, the Cardiff final, the playoff final, and then the kind of
2: promotion the following year. What what were those couple of years like? The Cardiff one, I was um, I played a few games, not many, but. I just remember the disappointment on the day. That's the one thing I do remember. That was that was a horrible day because I felt we had done very well to get there in the first place, and um, didn't, from what I remember, give a, the best account of ourselves on the day. I thought we, could, we I thought we were weren't as good as we could have been, um, mm-hmm. which I thought we let ourselves down with. Next season, I think that galvanised us, and I thought there was a real togetherness about. The Squad, not just the squad, the club, and um, which obviously resulted in being a that was my f- what was my first promotion, which was um, yeah, definitely a great, great feeling.
1: And the bus tour, um, through Shepherd's Bush, yeah, yeah, that was something that was something else. And that's was, what we did as
3: well, <laughs> yeah. But just, I remember at that time, it's, it's really strange because there was a lot of strange things going on at QPR, but mm. the um. I remember at Bristol City away, we lost that. I thought we would shot it. I thought that was it. That was We're not going to come back from this. It's so QPR. But you guys seemed to still... It didn't affect you too much. I thought we'd crumble after that. I thought that would be it. You know, We're going to Bristol City. They're chasing us. They've kind of caught us. What were you guys thinking at the time? Um, I think it's more the gaffer. The gaffer is just was just his
2: positivity he, he's not going to let anyone get down and he, he i think he's the one that kind of um dragged us back up after, after that um mm. that was the um disappointment so that was my my thing i think i think the, the biggest thing about that season was just the change room was just it was a real mixed bag of characters and but we just yeah we we really were close Tell mm. us about the, the characters,
0: because the guys you played with, many of them have gone into QPR folklore. Gallen, Bircham, yeah, yeah. Rowlands, um, were, were you there with really? uh, Lee? Yeah, Frippy, Gareth Hainsworth. Who, uh,
2: who were, who were, who were kind of some of the biggest characters from those times? Well, that was one, that was, it, it was weird. We had a little click, so I say, the names you mentioned there was just one click, the Birchie, Rowley, <laughs> yeah, um, Kev, Gads kind of floated between everybody just because he's just a great guy. <laughs> uh, uh, who else? Four so P was part of that clique as well. Then there was me. There was Terrell Forbes. There was Danny Shittu, There was um, Dennis Oli. Um, some of the younger ones. Biggie as well was kind of in there. Yeah. And it was it was, weird. <laughs> it was weird because we used to have like there's like conflicts between the two of us because uh, it was it was weird, but we between the two groups Between you mean. the two groups yeah slightly like there was times when we used to come together and we would be great there was times when we'd be bitching about each other um, right. it was it was it was a weird dynamic um for me it was weird because i the other boys didn't grow up um being the QPR like being around the QPR but i yeah. was there so kevin Gallum was like a legend to me you know um mm. because obviously i grew up at the club and seen what he'd done before and so i was like in, in kind of in between where like Gallum respected me because I came from the youth system and, and, and we were cool. Um, at times, at times you weren't so cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kev Kev, Kev could be a little bit of a, let's say, a bully. Not to say a bully, but he used to get onto me a lot. Listen, I, I accept that's how it is when you're young. So he used to get onto me a lot. Um, Birchie, just Birchie, Birchie, just banter, just nonstop banter <laughs> with anybody and everybody taking a mick out of everybody. Um, it was It was just it was a great times and listen we had a, um, a game the other day against uh, Wildstone um, like a um, charity game for their manager and, and it was just like yeah we were all together and it was just good times and listen we we get on
1: what's it like seeing them now is, is it different the dynamic now because obviously you're all, all pretty much all retired Old and-, and older yeah <laughs> yeah yeah
2: um, and some of us have put a little bit more weight on. I'm not going to mention the end of names. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, whole... Ke- Kev's doing well.
3: <laughs> you
2: said it, you said it. And
3: Birch is <laughs> absolutely <laughs> flipping heck. Carry on.
2: Yeah. Uh, no, it's all good. We, we we yeah, we love each other. Listen, you can't not love guys that, that you 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 sweat blood and tears yeah. for you know for a whole season and, and achieve something. Yeah, we we we'll we we good. We're all good. We love and, each other.
0: And you then left i think around 2006 went to blackpool was, was have i got that right, yeah, was, right
2: yeah. was that your choice to leave or not it, your choice yeah it was to leave. it was a weird one deadline day got uh, holloway signed two players i think it was um it was richard langley and oh, Sorry, my mind's gone black. Northern Irish, uh, midfield... Uh, Come on,
0: Paul. Come on, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia, yeah, West Ham. Mike, Mike. Steve Lomas. I hey, hey, got that before you.
2: No, he didn't. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I think I was pretty sure it was Lomas. Yeah, anyway, um, two players that played my position. I wasn't really getting game time at the time anyway. And I just saw my my route to immediate football blocked and I was getting frustrated. It was Lomas. It was Lomas, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I was getting frustrated and I said to the gaffer, you know what, gaffer? What's going on? He goes, look, Marcus. I think you're a good lad and a good player he even said to me which might have just been trying to be nice to me I see you one day you could become a captain here but at the moment I'm going for experience and I don't think you're quite ready to be playing regularly um, me being a hothead and not hothead but person that wanted was ambitious and wanted to be playing all the time I said to him no I'm not, I'm not prepared to wait you know I, I want to be playing right now and he said I can't do that so that's basically the story really I'm, my agent managed to get me a loan move to Blackpool and yeah, which was probably one of the worst decisions I made in my career. Um, just I was too too eager to move. I think.
1: Well, I, well, I, you know, I have heard uh, documented before about your time at Blackpool. Was fair to say not your not your yeah. not the best time you've had in football. Mm.
2: Yeah, listen. First season was great. Went there; they were struggling in League One. Um, played a, what I felt was a big part of helping keep them up. Played every minute of every game, and um, then my my felt thoughts were I'd be able to get a move elsewhere um, because I thought I'd done enough. Didn't materialise, so in the summer, Blackpool come back to me and offered me a two year deal, and didn't have anything else on the table, so I signed it. Um, I would say a little bit reluctantly, uh, but listen, you need to you need to make some money, so signed there, and it was just. Football's good when you're playing. Like you can, I personally, I could suffer being anywhere in the world and, and play for as long as I'm playing and I, I'm, you feel you've got a purpose yeah. for actually being somewhere. But when you're not playing and you're what 200 miles away from home, it's horrible. You're thinking, what am I doing myself? Like, you know. Who um, was the
3: chairman then, was it? Yeah, it's still. He's mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. gone now.
2: Yeah, finally. Yeah. Not um, a nice person. Yeah, that's an understatement. Yeah. They, Listen, I'm happy for the club because those fans have been trying for years to get him out, and I'm happy for the club in that sense. And listen, I'm no 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 issues with the fans whatsoever. It's just a distance, not playing some dark dark times for myself. Yeah, for sure.
0: Mm. But you must have because you then subsequently went. I think you you played over 100 games for three different clubs. Yeah. Brentford, uh, Wickham and Colchester. Colchester, say, or nearly yeah, Colchester yeah, yeah. And you were, uh, you played for Jamaica. Yes. Not yes. bad for a 15, for a 15 year old who got rejected at QPR.
2: Yeah, that was, that was, um, that was an amazing, I was on a really good spell at Brentford on, on, at the time under um, UA Rossler who, Again, uh, he definitely improved me as a player a lot. Pretty similar to Mike Warburton, he, he, he's a meticulous, uh, meticulous guy and an intense guy. And he improved me, and I managed to get a call up for QPR. I'm sorry for QPR. Forever, so. <laughs> that would have been interesting. Yeah, yeah exactly. That would be very interesting. Call up for Jamaica, which was um, which was great, and it was some experience. Who
0: did you play against?
2: What was the I played game against um, Ecuador? Oh. No, Ecuador. Sorry, Honduras. Let me tell you about it. It's Honduras. Playing against Honduras. Um, it's still quite which was, standard. Yeah, it was a good start. that was in a an experience friendly. in a friendly at their place, which was an experience which wow. didn't know before I got on the plane. It was the murder capital of the world at the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> dear. Yeah, would you have gone? Yeah, go, yeah, you've got to go. Go, go. Go, I'd go anywhere to play football yeah, for Yeah, so I would have gone. But it was just yeah, something. It was funny. I just remember going into the um, the hotel, checking in, and the screen shaver was a. Uh, um, um, AK-47 on our screen. I nice. I so. what's,
1: what's oh my going
3: on <laughs> you know what? it's, it's It's a shame, Marcus, because if, if I had known you back a day, I could have had a word and you could play the Northern Ireland, which yeah. is absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah, if you you play in Honduras away... I you told you we'd mention it, didn't <laughs> I? Yeah, I told yeah, you. yeah. One
1: down, two to He could have qualified for Northern Ireland. <laughs> That's not a problem. He'd have got more caps. But, but so then you brent was brentford next or was that or have we skipped one no that was brentford so Brentford's that brentford, so brentford, so yeah, my, the next that.
2: permanent move after blackpool was was to brentford Yeah, um, i had a, a load spell bit of at in between but i went to brentford did yeah. David, given the
1: history between the clubs did you, do you feel you had to do more to win the fans over
2: yeah 100% i i don't I've,
1: like
2: us yeah <laughs> i felt i felt i'd had to do that and um, fortunately i i can't, the team um, and myself i hit the ground running um, but listen yeah it was that was a, they saved me because if i didn't come back to london i would have i would have probably quit playing because really yeah i wouldn't have taken the risk of going somewhere else and not playing the thought of that would have was just horrible so i was back okay. at my mom's house it was just I was, I was buzzing i remember just yeah when i when i heard they were interested that was perfect for me
0: i've got to ask so you've retired you've done you're, you're younger than all of us but you've done something none of us have done which is retire
1: <laughs> so
0: you're a young man yeah. and you've retired mm. now I make no presumptions but you're let's say more of a regular footballer than a Premier League footballer And so mm. Premier League footballers, when they retire mm. and I'm told or I imagine split the time between the golf course and popping up on Sky Sunday Sky Soccer Sunday and that's about it
3: or like William Rennie Barthouse and Barbados
0: exactly mm. now you had a very good career mm. you played a lot of games you played league football for I don't know 15 years mm. and you're a young man and retired, what does, a, what does a guy in his mid-30s who's retired from football then do?
3: Apart from a common podcast. Apart yeah. <laughs> common oh, podcast. I do a lot of that at the moment, actually.
2: Um, listen, f- the first thing I wanted to do when I, I started planning for retirement was to make sure as soon as I come out of the game I'd be busy, because I know if I sat on home pro- procrastinating, I, I would definitely slip down the road of what a lot of pros do, you know, Become um, you know have mental health issues and depression, which is rife in the game. So... I made sure I was busy um which which included a uh, Toka um which is a company that I work for and I do um, do coaching with them which is definitely I, I love I love coaching I love improving kids I, I get a buzz out of that um I also obviously as I've said before I um am in the recruitment department at Brentford which which is great um they've had me back and I'm and I'm happy doing that which is great and then I'm going to university I'm starting um, two weeks time to study a masters in sports directorship at Salford um, it's a part time course um, which I'm looking forward to starting as well so, so you're
3: going up to Manchester
2: yes it's only two, it's two days a month so part time course for okay. two years yeah, okay. yeah 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 yeah.
3: so, yeah, so. so you, you're trying to go down the next man you lads and say hey you know what a chance they're going to coach a new lot, you know? Yeah, right,
2: the ex yeah, man United guys, they, they're trying to do it on the whim, I think, without, without having any sort of <laughs> education or whatever. So I'm so trying it's to. It's I'm trying sports directorship. Yeah, so so like sports sport so administration so, type stuff. So that's the role of the sporting director. So, for example, Les Ferdinand um, at um, QPR. Okay. So, yeah, well, that's, that's the role that I'm aspiring to. Um, to what made to do. you
3: think of that, Marcus?
2: I'm, I'm really, ever since a young age, I'm pretty entrepreneurial. I like business um, and I love football. So it kind of made sense to me that...
3: Can you be hard-nosed, do you reckon?
2: I can be, yeah. I, I know what I want and I'm, I'm very um, anal about doing it, doing it things the way that I like them to be done. So um, I can be like that. People probably don't see me like that because um, I'm probably a nice pretty nice laid back guy but if a decision needs to be made i'm, I'm prepared to make but then it
3: then on the other side of that you flip that over you were that 15 year old kid who was told hang around you never know what happened so you can put yourself in someone's shoes so when you do have to say you're not going to make it you can empathize a bit more because the, the thing i would think about football these days and anything is kids are from what i see and what i hear you're great you're marvelous we'll look after your family we'll look after everything we'll look after your dog do you need kennels do you need this oh, you're not good enough get out of the house Mm. Give a dog, you know, and it, it's rejection must be flipping horrible for kids. So you know a wee bit what that's like. Yeah,
2: 100%. And, and, and I'm all about developing not just people as footballers, but any place that I, I take over or get involved in, I'd like to um, make sure that they're developing as human beings as well. Brilliant. So that's... That's the most, that's really important. So much of me?
3: mental health issues with kids that get released, has got to be, there has to be, because you've been told you're the greatest thing since life bread for 10 years, and all of a sudden it's like, there is a dual centre, see ya.
2: 100% I think that the numbers in, in, for mental health in football in general are, uh, are way too high, and mm. don't get me wrong, the PFA are trying to do, take steps to address it, but in the end, yeah, more needs to be
1: done. Well, I mean, just, just sitting here, I mean, you're very calm, you're laid back, you're very articulate. You're very listenable. I could. I you're could talk about me and my. No, no, I'm not talking about you. This, no. <laughs> this is this is like Desert Island Disc. No, but I, 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 no, but I could I could I could see you know that, that kids would actually listen to you and you would have a positive impact because just sitting here, it, uh, it's 45 minutes, which is absolutely flown by. Which with, with some guests, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> can I can I like the mode a wee bit here? Because you know how good. Sorry, David. I, I know If else. you must.
3: Yeah. <clears throat> Stoke City away. Like, oh. we've talked about this a number of times with Mr. Bircham who yeah. told us about his fight with Mr. Tiger and Mr. Bircham says that Mr. Tiger came off worse and um, Mr. <laughs> Gallen queries that side of offence so how did you see it?
2: <laughs> Bircham v. Tiger is a no contest let's be honest I think uh, Bircham hammered him then
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I remember that game like it was yesterday that was just yeah that was scenes um, I remember after the game so we were all running on the pitch and I remember giving at the time I didn't know who he was, but Andy Taggart just giving him some lip and I was a young boy. And then I remember a few boys around me saying, listen, Marcus, you don't want to be, you know, he's the wrong person to be saying that to. And he's getting held back and he can see his spit coming out of his mouth and his face has gone all red. And I was like, Fucking, yeah, you're right, boys. That was a big mistake for myself. Uh, but yeah, that was just a real toxic atmosphere. And there's a funny story, um, after the game, game's over. Everyone's getting on the coach. And I said to Gaffer, can I go with my dad? Because he's come down to watch the game. And he goes, yeah, no problem. And me being silly, I've got my QPR tracksuit on and my dad's parked um, just off the motorway uh, in a lay-by. So we have to cross a bridge to get over yeah, no. to the car. You know the one? Mm-hmm. Um, I where this is going. You yeah, yeah. so me and my dad walking down the bridge and then I'm like, look over my shoulder and there's a group of Stoke fans kind of blocked you know the the where we just come from, counting you down. Another set of fans block the uh, block us in front, so we walk in, walk in, and then they've gone. They've gone. Hey, do you play for QPR? And I'm like, and, I'm like, mm, and we go, go, yeah, he does. Look, he's got the thing on, um, and then one of them swung for my dad. No. We, yeah, my dad's kind of just seen of the corner of his eye and missed it, and then um, swung back, and then kind of just d- legged it to our car got in the car and uh, drive off. My dad's like, if you think I'm laid back, he's the most laid back man ever, but I've never seen him like that, Oof, man. He, really? He wanted, if I wasn't there, I know he wanted to kill them and I've never seen that that rage in his eyes there. So that was just, that, that whole atmosphere and I've, that's just led to, obviously, the fans just being raging and then, yeah, yeah, swinging for him and yeah, I could have got a lot sticky but uh, we were but, away.
3: But going back to Bertram's story, yeah. <laughs> this, uh, is right what, this is what yeah. Mark says. You mean.
2: want him to say that
0: no, no, I don't Jerry say, Taggart I, I, came no, out. No, no,
3: I'm stuff. not saying that. It's kind of all right. I've got two versions. Mark says, in short, mm. he went down, of Jerry Tiger out, and then Matthew Rose, because of that, ended up in the Stokes, dragged into the Stokes City dressing room, blah, blah, well. Gallon's uh, version of is Good luck, Mark, you're fucked. Um, <laughs> and his version is of um, Mark hiding in a broom cupboard or something, and Jerry Tiger come out, standing there bollock naked in the middle of the tunnel, just right. waiting for Bertram, who came off the pitch very slowly. Over to you. What's Marks. your version?
2: <sighs> We've got two very good storytellers here. That's, that's, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> They're the best at it. They're the best. You know what? I can't actually remember, but I know for a fact that if Jerry Taggart really stuck it on Birch, I don't think Birch would, would have. But Matthew actually, Rose... I don't think so anyway. But Matthew Rose... Rose... Rosie, Rosie getting dragged in is true. That He got dragged in. He got what dragged that, in. What,
3: how did that happen?
2: <laughs> Mate, because it was just everyone was everywhere. It was like he got dragged in he got even less on his own and dragged in and, and Rosie's not that sort of guy either and Rosie's like no. he's really quiet and lovely guy but yeah he got dragged in apparently he, he was shouting help a lot yeah he was he got caught on his own and got dragged in there it was that was crazy that was, a, yeah, was so a what
3: would they have done to if they got him in that dressing room wonder <laughs> set him down in said here's court cherry <laughs> would have got
2: filled in for well, sure who
3: was who was in that side then who would have been the guys that'd be, first I suppose would have been one of the guys that would have been sticking up for people and, and pushed to the front I don't imagine
2: furs danny oh yeah clarky was a big boy uh um, yeah furs 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 would have had it for sure um i think they were the main ones biggie biggie was small but he had a bit of an angry issue so he would have
3: got involved. <laughs> uh we've got to wrap
0: this up we're nearly an hour i think let uh, just get
3: to know the fella uh, <laughs> it's been great it has it? been what? really good really and fascinating you know I, I kind of like getting people in like yourself mark because you've grew up in the area you know what qpr means when you think of some of the mercenaries we've had down there in the last few years, yeah. you've just stole a living. I, I, I've enjoyed this so I thought we'd literally done ten minutes. Yeah,
0: it's yeah been brilliant. Seriously. Well, let's finish with our end, which is kind of us going around saying anything, everything that we've That's forgotten to no mention. For them, so My ours end is a question for Marcus: your best memory
2: from your time at QPR. Um, it would have to be yeah. Sheffield, you Sheffield Wednesday. Well, I didn't even play, um, but I, I thought it was just it was just an amazing day. I remember being disappointed. I wasn't on the bench. I thought I made the bench and I didn't. But that was just overrided by the mm. end of the end of the game when um, we we got promoted. I was like, this is it. Was just that was my first promotion, my first taste of success, and probably led to me, not, you know, um, wanting more and, and getting other promotions um, moving forward.
1: Mm. Yeah. Think- Chris. So yeah, I mean, first of all, I can't believe we got this far without discussing the handball goal against Gillingham. But okay, yeah. maybe it wasn't them. a handball. His <laughs> hand happened to be there. Is that yeah. no right, Marcus? Yeah, that's yeah right. exactly. That's right. Okay, but we won't dwell on that. Um, I just a couple of things. Well, first of all, Walbert, and we've discussed him at length, but I think he has been a breath of fresh air. I think he's what he has done. He's taken his time to see what works, and as I said earlier, he hasn't been afraid to change things. Chair on the bench he had for the first few games. Now he looks undroppable. Um, easy looks like a different player. He puts Hugh Hill on the bench for one game. He responds by, well, the biggest miss since Dean Coney, then, then scores three in two games. Um, and clearly he hadn't planned for Manning to be his number one left back, but now he looks undroppable as well. So, yeah, I think he's learned from the defeats. Sometimes a defeat can be, you can learn more from a defeat than you can a victory in the Swansea and the Bristol mm. City games. And I just think more, yeah, more of the same generally. Can I just
3: can
0: well I just done, come in? you succeeded in making six points yes, in your I,
3: final I did point. it very well quickly. Done. But
1: to, I, I also want to say, yeah, go on, Paul, quickly.
3: Very philosophical this week. I like it, yeah, Chris.
1: Thanks, Even with the glasses on, you've, you're a changed man. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, the last thing I was going to say, we went to Wicksteed Park in Kettering a, a, a few days ago with the kids, uh, and saw no fewer than three QPR shirts there. This is oh, 80, to- 90 miles away. There the, was the most shirts I saw, are apart from Liverpool. I sort of took a note after that. So one was was worn by a guy for, called Nigel from Chesham. So I just want to say hello, Nigel, because I said I would do there you go
0: hello Nigel great right. Paul the reason
3: why I've been on my phone is I didn't want to forget this because it's quite important okay um, um, I've now forgotten my code right. bear with me chaps 1, 2, three, chaps. Four. Chaps. right, right. Zero, 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 0, it's from Warren Ringham and he just wanted to say that he was really lucky to get a ticket from the ticket for troops um, and it's what the club do for the armed forces they give Ex on forces, present on forces, tickets for games, and he just want to say to the club, thank you very, very, very much. And it's a great thing the club are doing for troops and everything else. So, just from Warren, thank you very much. From myself, me on as our end, traveling with you, Chris, was a joy. <laughs> You're an absolute legend, and if you ever leave the back of the car like that again, I'll kill you. <laughs> Honestly God, the stuff I'm still finding, but going away with QPR now is absolutely a million miles different to what it was last season and everything. It is back to being great fans great joy and even if we lose now I don't think the fans will turn on the players it's brilliant and everyone who went up there keep going the, 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 it's brilliant and I just can't wait I'm counting the days down to the Luton game because that is going to be It's cracking. quite exciting I haven't done this for years you're looking forward to home games away games you, you know I'd watch QPR trade at the moment <laughs> never thought I'd see myself saying that on the McLaren but no it's do you know what it's just they leave the souls in the pitch, Marcus, and fans aren't stupid. You know, everyone says in the game, oh fans, but we know, we know when people are trying and people are hammering it, you know, are still living in this this lot are trying, and that's all you can ask, isn't it really? Yeah, for sure.
0: Marcus, thank you so much for coming Brilliant on guest. really, really yeah. interesting thank hour. You chatting
1: to you but they we have sh- to get
3: him back on because we should talk about all the other things that happened go- to the, the, the ground to this or that the other Before, see- bef- oh. sorry
1: before we go RIP to Mike Ferguson by the way yeah
3: absolutely shocking because yeah. he did the Frivaros didn't he yeah that's awful shocking yeah well said
0: well said RIP and thank you Marcus for coming on that's good luck sorry. with all those all, yeah. all the, the kind of post football stuff and the was it an NBA you said yeah, you were doing yeah, and sure. the, not so much good luck with Recruitment for Brentford. <laughs> but, well, good luck with recruitment for Brentford. But we don't wish Brentford yeah. too much fun. Uh, thank you for coming on. This has been Open All Ours. All we're not here next week because there's no game. We've got nothing to talk about, although you would doubtless find something to talk about if we were here. Just look at me, meters. Um, but we'll be back in two weeks' time. This has been Open All Ours. All Come on, yours. UPR.
2: UPR. my Rangers.